everybody, Elisa Keaton here and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Oh my goodness, if you could see me right now, you would see that I'm, I'm sweating. I have the Holy Ghost sweats. Like this message, <laughs> I just did a Facebook Live about, um, but love to put it over here in podcast for you all to hear. This is fresh and right now, and um, I think I've been sweating since Sunday because I know that God is about to unleash a a grace for us for being healthy and not just losing 10, 20, 100 pounds. It's not the point, but he does want you well. He asked the man in John 5 who was laying on the mat for 38 years, do you want to get well? And I feel that is the, the resonating question over your life right now? Do you want to be well? Do you want to bring peace? Do you want to ready your mind for peace? Do you want to ready your mind for John 10, 10 life? Because friends, if you're burned out and tired, if you know that you keep losing your joy at the stroke of an email coming in or another buzz or need that you have to, to answer to on your phone, that that's just not the life we were asked to live or the, the promise that we have in Christ to live a full life. So we need health and we need it now. <laughs> and uh, I, I just have this vision of as people would march for their rights uh, on the mall in DC, like that is what I feel God is getting ready to do. So I talk a little bit about our new faith and fitness challenge that is coming up. We're going to step by step together for eight weeks and I want you in it. Listen, even if you don't join, you're going to be blessed. Um, the podcasts are going to move to help in that direction, but you will, you'll only get the appetizer if you're just listening to the podcast or following us on social media we need you signed up so if you haven't um uh, done our free seven day detox go do that that way i have your email and then we will announce to you on friday when it opens but listen it really isn't about do this do that god is on the move and i want to get in his draft i believe that is what he's doing right now so take a listen today. We're going to talk about why why the church isn't healthy. Like what, what what's the obstacle to our health? What are some obstacles? I guess you could say. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna look at the man on, in John five, and we're gonna learn what we need to be doing and do not need to be doing in order to foster a spirit of wellness to live the life that God said is ours to have. So have a have a good listen. Um, share this podcast. Leave a comment, you guys. Every time you comment, it's those comments that drive us up into the rankings. It shows that the this is a useful podcast, and iTunes flags it and shows it for others, or it shows up for others to find. So thanks, how you do that. I read them all. I wish I could reply to all of them, but there's no way to do that. <laughs> so you can follow us on social media as well, or follow me, Elisa Keaton, on Instagram. It's at Elisa Keaton. Um, that's always a fun way to connect too. So I look forward to talking to you again soon and for you to be signed up into the new movement that God is doing. It's happening coming this Friday. All right, friends, we'll talk soon. Enjoy today's podcast. Peace. You probably saw that I announced on Monday that coming soon, the signups will open on Friday for our new Faith Then Food and Fitness Challenge. But you guys, this time, it's more than a challenge. It is not, it's not even about the challenge. I really feel God's wind is on our back, that there is a movement of fresh grace for right now, for right now on the earth, for people to get well, for a for a church to be healthy. And when I say church, I know that's going to be a churchy word, but 
you know, and there's kind of this thing going on where people are not liking the church or kind of maybe down talking it. And I just kind of go, that's Jesus's bride. Like that would be if somebody talked negatively about me and my husband not standing up for me. Like that's his bride. And it's a mess. I agree. It's a, it's a flipping mess, but I'm not giving up on it. I refuse to give up on the church. It's a beautiful concept idea. I was at um, church on Sunday and you know, it's worship. I was looking around at worship during the worship time and I saw, it just always blows my mind where I'll see a young Asian boy and an older um, Caucasian man and a handicapped man and a, like there's diversity, there's young, there's old. It's like the diversity that is in that room, which I love. So diversity is something I'm going to talk about today a little bit. But also it wasn't even just that. I see the diversity, but it's the fact that all their affections in worship are going in one direction. And that's what unites us. Listen, if I sat down with the different, you know, backstories and cultures, I'm not going to understand every culture or I'm not going to have a full grasp of it, but I, I seek to understand. But when we start to talk about the Bible and the gospel and Jesus and the testimony and what he's doing in our life, that hooks people together like nothing else. That hooks people. That brings us together. And I go, that's the church. So love it or hate it, live it or love it, leave it or love it, um, it is here and it's here for a good purpose, and it's a mess. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie, I get it, and I really feel that is for the the battle for which I was born was for freedom and for this time now, because it transcends the fitness and the food. I'm just getting your ideas with the fitness and the food, I'm just getting your attention, but we're going to talk deeper because that's a quote unquote health, right? All the health world's talking about what to eat, what not to eat, how to lose weight. Okay, great. Yes, I'll meet you there in that. But can we, let's go to the back of the room. Let's go, let's go, you know, where the Wizard of Oz is behind the curtain. Let's go behind the curtain because I believe there's more to see that this actually has more to do with the ache in my heart, the wounds I've received, the lies I believe, because there ain't nobody breathing who is getting out of this world unscathed. We have all been punctured in our hearts in some way and so we confess with our mouths and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that we are saved and that we are quote-unquote Christians but we're a mess we do we, we think things and we live a life that is contrary to what we're saying and that's why the world says you're hypocrites and I go absolutely we are we are pretty busted up I kind of go give me a moment give us a moment we're working on it we're working it out because there isn't nobody that is, is seeing fully their life in totality. All right, so here I want to say on Facebook, there's something going on with the comments. I cannot, oh, I meant to update. I can't read your comments, so I'm sorry. Um, you guys help each other out in the comment world and um, kind of makes me sad because I like to see your comments at the end because I kind of like this live interaction. I am making this a podcast because this feels really true and powerful for the moment and also for what I know is the movement. There's a moment right now, but there's a movement that God is doing and I don't want you to miss. So to be sure you know about that movement, our new faith and fitness challenge, more than a challenge, uh, you need to go to our website and if anything, sign up for the seven day detox. It's free, totally free. And that way you'll know when the challenge comes out. It is going to close. The signups open on Friday. It will close on the 15th just so we can do well, we can disciple well, rather than people coming and going because it gets kind of hard to to do that content in that amount of time. So 
that's just the tea you need to know about it because I'm really passionate about you being well. So here's the backstory. And this is how I know, like, okay, like I, this is God. God is here. This is the time. This is the move. Um, on church on Sunday, um, uh, we've been talking about our, the church that I, I attend and love and, and, and um, bleed into and want to be a part of. Um, we're talking about our mission, vision, values, and all that stuff. And the pastor got up and he was like, you know what? I had this message that I was going to talk to you about today, but I felt like on Thursday night, God just really shifted it. And that's what, when you hear that from a pastor, you go, oh, this is going to be good, right? Because it's fresh. It's not, because sometimes, and I feel like this is fresh too. Like sometimes we kind of come up with something we've been sitting on for a while and you work it out, you noodle on it, but when when the spirit moves in a new direction and it feels whoa that's that's a right now word your ears should perk up i believe this is a right now word so the pastor was talking about how what he was going to say but then he mentioned how um you know a big part of our mission is to make disciples that's every church mission should have that. That's part of what God commissioned us to do. That's the co-mission. This is how we mission with God and with one another. We're on mission together to make disciples. Yes, yes, and amen. That's what I do. I use fitness to make disciples. That's all. Um, but he was saying, but what I really am aware of is you can't make disciples unless you're willing to be discipled. Yes, and amen. We got a whole lot of people out there running around making disciples. And I have done my share of this in works, <laughs> works, acts of work or acts of the spirit. And, but they're not really being discipled. They're not being with Jesus to sit, to abide, to remain and abide because it's in the remaining and the abiding that I have the ability to do the discipling. Where I know, I think when people come into the church and we bring all our baggage, because that's what we have, and Jesus goes, all right, bring your baggage, <laughs> bring everything, because really what we're called to do is surrender it all. But let's be real, yo, that takes years to like surrender. I'm going to surrender this part of my childhood. I'm going to surrender this dream that I have. I'm going to surrender this prayer because prayers can become our idols as well. Like we are to run light and free, but we kind of have this baggage that we carry in. And Jesus goes, all right, let's go ahead and bring it. But we have a hard time with ourselves when we are like, why am I not well? Why? Why? I'm doing all this work, uh, right? We can go out and do it. But then in our hearts, we're like, why am I not content? Why don't I have joy? Why don't I have peace? Why do I feel burnt? Why do I feel frenetic? Right? Come on now. That's why the gospel is pretty simple. You can drop a pin. Uh, the hope is actually that you can drop the pin because that's the first thing is awareness. We have to be aware. I'm not doing too well. I don't like how I'm mothering. I feel like I'm short with my family. I'm having a hard time. You know, and what we do is we slap another piece of scripture on top of it. We go, well, let's just say more scripture. Hear me? Yes. No scripture. But scripture is not a band-aid. It is a salve. It is meant to go in, separate bone from marrow. But just like a child that goes to a doctor's office, if my son's being examined, he needs to sit still. Uh, the doctor cannot check him out. 
if he's running around and jumping off the, I mean, like to look in the ear, to look in the mouth, you have to sit still. You have to say, oh, you have to follow a leading, a prompt. The, the, the doctor can't just look at the kid running around and go, oh, he's got chicken pox or whatever. He's got to look at it. We have to sit still. We have to willing to be examined. And I feel like that's something we kind of lack in the church. So when the pastor was speaking, he's talking about how, you know what? I just feel like we have a lot of unhealthy, and he kept using the word. We have a lot of unhealthy disciples. I about, I about jumped out of my skin because I'm sitting there going, this is what we do. This is what, we, this, is what, this is what I do. This is what we do. This is what I do. It's not about the food or the fitness. And I, I think a lot of people think, oh, that's nice. She's over there doing, no, 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 no. There's dis-ease in us and it's got to get out. And it needs to be worked out. It isn't a one and done. Hey, thanks for sharing this podcast, by the way. Thanks for sharing this Facebook Live. You just swipe and share. Um, I see you guys doing that. Thank you. That's so sweet. Um, this isn't a one and done. It's going to take time. And it's not about, hey, it's not about behavior modification. It isn't about if I eat more food or if I change my fitness program and even if I do it in the name of Jesus because my body's in the temple. That's not the thing. The truth is we are a mess. There is unhealth in us. There is dis-ease in us. There are lies and wounds. I have partnered with hell in some way. There is hell inside of each of us and God loves us anyways. And as he loves us, he loves the hell out of us. And when I say hell, it's just the absence of God's love. It's the absence of God's truth. That's what hell really is. It's absence of. You want loneliness? Hell. (laughs) You want to be all about yourself and be left to yourself? Hell. It is the mark of the kingdom is in me when I know that I have been met by the love and the truth of God. So this is why our unhealthy churches are happening because we're talking a lot. We're doing, and I'm doing a lot of research on all this mind, body, neurobiology, how our mind and our bodies connect and how we carry it around in us. Um, but there is, there's a lot of psychotherapy, right? We know that we can talk about this. You can talk and talk and talk. You can go to another counselor and talk and another counselor and talk. But what we really need is an experience, a somatic experience. Somatic meaning it's stuck in our bodies. There's things inside of us in our bodies and in our brains, and then we get stuck. So even if it's not, here's how I know it's in your body. You guys, you know when you're stressed, you feel it, a headache. You know when you're anxious, your heart gets clenched, or your stomach gets weird. You know our body's a really good indicator of what's going on. And it stores up a lot of stuff. So Yes, we are unhealthy and disciples in our heart and our mind, but it's stored inside of our bodies. And so we need to be able to have an honest conversation about our disease, about our unhealth. Um, That's true discipleship. Making place in a church body to have the honest drop the pin moments. Even if it's just in silence to let the spirit search us inside of a, inside of a, a psychotherapy talk. Because sometimes going to church feels like going to therapy. Like, okay, someone tell me something. Someone tell me something. When really we need the spirit to tell us something. I need to, to know that 
I hear God's voice. And he says that, John 10, my sheep hear me. They know my voice. But we're often filling it with the voice of someone else, a leader, a podcast, a media post or something else when there's stuff inside of us. Now, here's the thing. There is a way through this, I promise you. I just kept thinking to myself, and I know at one point at the end, and he delivered a wonderful message and kind of really saying, we're not well, we got to get well. But there was this air of, he's like, I don't know what to do because we're one person. You know, this church, there's 10,000 of you and there's, you know, maybe a hundred of us. And we, how can we help you all well? And he felt, I could tell he just felt a little overwhelmed. Like, how are we going to do this? And I thought to myself, oh, <laughs> wait, no, they're okay. They have the Holy Spirit in them. We, we need to foster that. We need to teach them how to hear from the Holy Spirit. And guess what? That, that, that's what God's doing. I believe that in wellness, a wonderful counselor, right? He can counsel us into wellness, but it always will come at the confrontation of something being bad. That's why when bad things happen, yo, it's not bad. That's actually a mercy move of God to be like, hey, let's go talk about this. Let's find out what what this roots down into. Let's slow down. Let's not distract and go to Facebook. No, 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 no. Let's not run and go there. Don't run. Fight or flight, the amygdala in the brain. We just respond instead of wait. Let's climb up to the prefrontal medial cortex of our brain where reasoning can happen. But we have to practice being people of peace prior to the panic. If we can practice being people of peace to the panic, then we'll be prepared that when the next thing comes, we can take our disease, our unhealth, and go to the spirit of truth and say, what's going on? Show me. How far back does this go? You know, I mean, he he referenced like celebrate recovery. Yes, get into groups. But I don't know if we need more connection. Like, yeah, I think we need more flesh and blood. We need more confession. We need more confession. Connection that's safe, yes. But people cannot save me. That is the job of God, Messiah, Christ in me to save me. That's his job. That's what the angels are bored. They're bored. Give them something to do and to work on and to work at. So I was just, it's really good because I feel like God's going, uh, oh yeah, yeah, we got, at least it's all going to marry together because I feel like the churches feel overwhelmed by the brokenness of people, hurting people, hurt people, people get hurt in the church and then they point and go, church is terrible, no church, and kind of go, church is messy, but it's beautiful and I think we can work this out. I don't think this is it. I think God is pushing forward for the church, but we got to get real about what we carry around in us. So I was studying today in John 5. Right, of all things. <clears throat> I'm in John 5. John 5 is um, the healing at the pool. Um, a man who's laying on the mat for 38 years. I'm going to read to you for a few verses. It starts in verse 2. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda. Which means house of mercy, by the way. Right? Come on. The church is a house of mercy. But... Mercy leads to grace, and grace is the empowerment of the Spirit to do what we couldn't do, that we don't keep doing the same thing over and over. Bethesda has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Hello, church. Blind, lame, paralyzed. 
We all come to Christ in that state. There's places I don't see where I don't see someone else can't move. Someone else, like we're all just kind of battered. And but and listen, if you think you're not, that's just pride. And that thing is killing you. That's going to be a heavy yoke to carry. And once you think you're perfect and you have to hold perfect, you can't. I am constantly in need of a God who says, get up off your mat and remember what I've given you. All right. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk okay here's here was some revelation i'm pretty sure stay tuned share this share this is gonna rock you why healing doesn't come why we fester why we continue to see an unhealthy church or there's unhealth disciples like we go this isn't working we keep building and falling down and building and falling down why it doesn't happen there's three things i want to talk about today just for um, there's probably many reasons but these are the three that pop out at me number one if we look at this and we see it says that a multitude of invalids blind lame and paralyzed were laying there okay let's think about this for a second if you read the gospels you see that Wherever Jesus goes often, you will find a blind person, um, a, a, a mother with a dying child, or somebody in need shouting, Lord Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. They're like reaching for it, right? They're interrupting. They're just going for it. They know Jesus, wait, Jesus, wait, he heals. Okay, and they just get tenacious, unashamed. They lose their shame and they go for their healing. What I find interesting here in John 5 is that Jesus walks in to a multitude of those who are sick and not one got up to say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Not one. Then that, okay, so this must mean what happens in our pain is we gather towards like-minded, like-experienced people in the pain. And then what we do is we just, we don't, we don't even pay attention to it. We either talk about it obsessively at nauseum or we just stopped talking about it altogether and we have decided this is, the, this, is, this is normal. This is life. So it's easy for us as hurt people in the church to just gather and sit in our pain while Jesus walks right in. The difference between like the bleeding woman who comes after Jesus or the beggars who lay, who shout from the street, Lord, have mercy on me. Or um, Jarius who comes and sends people to go get Jesus. The difference was in their minds, and this is Dr. Caroline Leaf, talks about neurobiology, minds. They were already looking and believing for a savior. They didn't even know. Some of them weren't even Jews. They were just like, Surely someone, surely there's a way. They never stopped hope. They readied their brain for healing all the time. They never rolled over onto their mat and then pulled away into a like comforted community and gave up hope. 
they continue to position themselves that something can help, something's possible, hope. They kept hope alive. And when we do that, that brings the presence of God into a place, right? So it's possible in church if we're just kind of not giving space for the encounter of Jesus, for the words of him to come in and intersect our pain instead of kind of covering up our pain with just getting busy with works, we'll miss it and we won't be healed. So what this scripture tells us is what, what we don't need, what will stunt our healing is if we surround ourselves by like-minded people. So it's important that when we have small groups in churches or when we have, when we go do, that, that we actually engage with people that are not the same as us, that we touch the hands of those who are, maybe even those that are outcasting us, that we are not offended people, that we continue to let offense of people that are not like us actually allow for healing to rise up in us. Because whatever can offend me still is a place that needs healing in me. Because it's never about the person. It's never about the person, but we make it about the people and who's hurt us and who did this and da-da-da-da. And I get it. I got a list. I got a list too. And if I'm not careful, I'll pull that thing out. And I will sit on my mat, paralyzed, and look for others who might join me in the mat too. (laughs) When what I really need is the diversity. I need a community that doesn't help me feel better, but get better. I need that in community. I need a place. But before that, I need safety. I need to know. All right, here we go. I'm going to open it up. I'm going to show you what's here. I have a lustful heart. I am greedy. I have an anger heart. I have a bitter heart. We have to have a safe community to do that. That's number one. And and a leadership that says, that's what we want. Let's go. Holy Spirit, come. Come on. It's in me too. Do what only you can do. Spirit, it's less psychotherapy or or we can keep the psychotherapy going, the talk. But we got to let this somatic experience God who says, hey, let me, you want to taste me? Somatic experience. You want to feel me? Somatic experience. Let me come in. Do our Be Still and Be Loved podcast. I would start there and say, try that. Try just less talk, less you, less busy, less everything else. Settle down and let God come to you because the, 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 the commonality of the world that you're living in is not serving you. So that's the first thing that obstructs our healing is that we surround ourselves with other hurt people who refuse to be tenacious about their healing. They're not readying their minds, which is my next point. We need to be readying our minds all the time. You're always readying your mind. That's why these people weren't even looking for a Messiah. They weren't looking for a Savior. They they weren't looking for faith. They weren't looking for hope. This was a call and a, a, a massive people who've just said this is the way life is but don't you love i love how jesus healed anyways jesus healed anyways and you know what i'm just gonna say a side note i don't know but i would put my money on if i had to choose did this guy hold his healing or did he go back from what i can read (laughs) from when the story goes on i think he went back because if you look later, he's found, well, he is found in the synagogue. I will say that. I'm like, oh, well, something brought him to the synagogue. So that's good. So maybe he did. But when the Jews asked him, hey, what are you doing? You picked up your mat and walked on the Sabbath. Who did this? He goes, he, he goes, 
He, was, he blames it. He goes, I didn't do it. It was that man over there. Now notice this was the same man who blamed the people for not letting him get into the pool. And then he blamed, then he was like, diversion, diversion, it's Jesus. That man, instead of, you would think if he's been, if he's encountered God because his heart was ready to encounter God, that he would have been like, I've met God. I had a miracle. He would have overridden there. He was afraid of those Jews, right? And so he kind of went defense, defense, deflect, deflect. It's him. Jesus did that. He's blaming. He's blaming people. And now he's blaming Jesus to try and protect his heart instead of, wow, going for it. Like, you know, part of following Christ is just lose your dignity already because that thing is not helping you. It's actually probably hurting you. (laughs) But he was not selling. He wasn't singing a praise song. He was, I think he was hiding out in the synagogue. Amen. And don't a lot of us do that in the church? We hide out because we're afraid of the shame. We're afraid if someone really knows what's going on, that I wouldn't be belonging. And that's just not true. Not for a healthy church. I always tell people, there's nothing you could tell me. Nothing you could tell me that you have been through, that you have had done to you, or that has been, that you have done that would surprise me because sin is insidious and we all play a role. Somehow, I, I want to apologize to that person because probably generations down, my line has hit your line and we've all collided into this Petri dish of brokenness. There's nothing. So why, what are we afraid of? Let's go. But the, the truth is, do we want to get better? Do we want to get well? If I share this with you, it isn't just so that I can feel better in the moment. It's because I need help. I need accountability. And I don't need a lot more talk. I need Jesus to talk to my heart connect with us you guys I really believe this movement we're about to do um, God's showing some the book is paramount so get the book if you want to do the challenge you are going to need the book you can get it now for $10 or $11 on Amazon but there's an experience thing that I know God wants to do because it's just I get it why the church would feel overwhelmed well they have we have the Holy Spirit in us and he I watch it time and time again we have raised up over a thousand disciples now in using fitness as a tool Time and time again, I watch them show up in training day one at retreat one way and I watch them leave because they have encountered mercy, grace, and forgiveness. They have encountered the God who didn't come out of Elise's. All I did was ready their minds for the encounter. Ready your mind. That's the second part. You will not be healthy if your mind is not ready. Ready your mind at all costs every day. What else do you got to lose? You'll lose your mind if you don't ready your mind. If you don't ready your mind on who God is, so yes, read the word, leave space for him to encounter, prepare the way because God is coming. If he said it, he'll do it. It's faith. You have to believe for it. You have to position your mind. And if your mind is ready, boom, the healing will come. The third thing that is an obstacle to healing is when we're others focused. When we continue to stay others focused, just like this man, like I said, he, he, when Jesus said and came to him and said, um, do you want to get well? Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool. Oh my gosh, you guys, did you know I read this? This when I was 38 years old, crying in my bedroom about my marriage, my husband, my pain, my everything. Because I got a lot. Hey, I got, here's the truth. There's reality and then there's truth. The reality is I have been hurt. That is real. Nobody can tell me I haven't been hurt. That's real. Your hurt is real. But is it true? Is it true? 
Your hurt is real. Yeah. But what's true about the hurt? Come on now. This is where we say what God, what Satan tried to destroy you with, God will use for good. And I'm sorry. When then our hearts kind of go, how dare God use me? Who do we think? Who does he think he is? Da, da, da. You know, we start to build a case against God. Well, okay, do that. But at least have the guts to look at God and say, I'm hurt with you. You hurt me. At least go and have that out with God. Because the truth is God didn't hurt us. The enemy did. The very thing that we partner with, the hell in us, if it's not loved out of us, will destroy us. So let him love you. Because suffering is part of it. Listen, even as you walk in the church and you're a Christian for a long old time, you're going to suffer. You're going to hurt. There will be seasons. But I just believe in my heart, you don't have to go back to the wilderness just because you're in that season. You can cross over to a land where you're living in the land of enemies. Yes, because we're told that in Deuteronomy 11, that you're going to enter a land. Actually, it's Deuter- it's um, Genesis, Exodus 3, that you're going to enter a land of milk and honey, a land filled with your enemies. <laughs> Why? Because God wants you to know that you have authority over them and he wants them to know, right? It's no different than if my kid's being bullied. Yeah, I can go fight for him, but I want to teach him how to stand up to the bully with grace, kindness, firmness, authority. Not having to use his fists unless fists get used upon him first. But this is the thing. We don't fight flesh and blood. We fight principalities and weapons of darkness so we fight hopelessness we fight dread we fight despair we fight fear we fight insecurities we fight scarcity we fight poverty we fight those things and it is it'll feel like a chasing after the wind but if we ready our mind that god would not plant that in us to fight the good fight of faith if we don't ready our mind then we will feel like we're just chasing after our tail when we are others focused we stunt healing. And honestly, I believe this is why, um, you know, I under, I think that churches split, things happen, growth happens, things like that. But when we are calling another one bad, when we are biting each other and just backbiting, blaming, telling like it's their fault, if only they had. And listen, people let you down. Leadership is not perfect. They're flawed. Pray for them. Pray for me. Um, but I, I'm like, um. I'm committed, like God, I'm in all the way. If it costs me everything, because I want to finish well. I've seen many people start and burn out. I've seen many people. And this also feels like this is a whole new land. I think it's a land that many people, there've been people before me in the faith of, you know, fitness faith, but I think it was kind of still at that level of, hey, let's in Jesus' name, take control. You know, it's kind of more at that work harder, self-control. Your body's a temple. You know what I mean? It's kind of up here. And I think that was good groundwork, but we got to go deeper. <laughs> there is stuff in our bodies. We have been violated and we have violated. And it gets stuck in us. And then the lies repeat. And we let others tell us who or what we should be. Or we dictate our lives to avoid hurt from others. Or keep ourselves from being hurt by others. Just get under the pinata. <laughs> because I feel there's a grace for this. Um, I think it's no mistake that my, that my pastor would get up and he'd feel kind of like, I don't know what to do. Like, I want to help you all. But I, we're only one person and we're one church. And I'm thinking, 
God is more than capable, but this is a wellness movement. This is a wellness movement of people towards the heart of God. That's what I believe God wants to do right now. Um, It couldn't have been done any earlier because I wasn't ready for it. But now I am ready for this. I believe God is giving us a grace for this time. Um, If you listen to my show, radio show interview yesterday with Janet Parshall, there was some women that called in, but specifically, I think her name is Mia or Nia, but listen to that podcast or we're going to post it tomorrow too or listen to that radio show, her heart of how she's X amount of pounds overweight and she knows she needs to lose it. She knows what God's asking her to do. But every time she starts moving in that direction, she sabotages herself. And I think, one, you don't sabotage yourself. You have an enemy. But then she began to cry. And I'm like, yep, there it is. And she mentioned several times in it, I know there's stuff from my childhood. I know there's stuff to be dealt with. But what we try to do is go, well, once I get fit, once I lose a few pounds and I can be more ready to deal with the stuff of my childhood, I'm going, we got to deal with the stuff of your childhood. We got to deal with the, the husband that betrayed you. We got to deal with the, the, the wife who left you. We have to deal with the, the, the kid that seems to be out of control. We got to deal with you who like to control. We just, there's this stuff in us. We've just been unhealthy. We're just unhealthy. But God is not dismayed. There is hope. I'm certain of it. And for such a time as this. All right, let me pray for you. So Father God, I thank you so much for this message. I thank you that it feels real on the earth right now, that there is a cry for health. There is a cry for peace. (laughs) There's a cry, Lord, for um, awareness, Lord, that we are not well. We feel it. God, I pray for more of that. I pray that you would rock the foundations more, that we'd be aware of what is aching us, what causes us to be afraid, what causes us to run and hide, Lord, and what continues the cycle of brokenness inside of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we command it to end now. In this time, 2018 of September, God, this time the the winds shift. And Lord, we move towards a land we've probably we've never been to, but we know it's a land that you will care for, that you care for, that we are people who are cared for by you. Lord, we love people, but we do not lift them up higher than you. You are our God. You are the anointed one, the one anointed for God's great redemptive work on earth. Lord, and so I ask that you would ready our minds to receive you, that you would heal our bodies, that the stories that we tell in our mind would break up with our bodies today, God, and that you would restore the truth into our mind that brings healing into our bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. That's that. I would answer some questions, but I have nothing to read. I shall update my app.